0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Marketing Matters airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we replay it several times during the week. And in this part of our show, we are very happy to welcome Anthony Stefan. He's a principal at Deloitte Consulting, and he's the U.S. head of Deloitte digital. Um, And he is here to talk about a Deloitte 2020 study that he did on global marketing trends. Hello, Anthony.
0: First off, I I have to start by just saying thank you for the opportunity. Uh, We are really, really excited about our first ever global marketing trends and the opportunity to have some really fun dialogue with the both of you is just exciting. So thank you for that. Very cool.
1: So tell us like your methodology, why you do this. How did this all get started? Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, so look, you know, it's interesting. I, I could give you a purely statistical view of how we went about it, but um, I'd probably start with, um, it really was driven by a sense of responsibility. Mm. So look, you know, a- as a business, we are a global leader in the professional services marketplace, and we spend such a disproportionate amount of time with our clients taking on the most difficult issues. And mm-hmm. if you think about the conversations we're having, it was just really, really important as a global leader for us to facilitate a process that helped surface the things mm. that our clients were most worried about. So that sense of responsibility is really, really a driver. And then you add to that, that you know, the, the talented number of people that focus within this business and serve our clients also have a passion for what the trends ultimately netted out to be. We talk about things like purpose and trust mm. and the investment in talent. These are all things that as leaders of a multi-billion dollar business, we are faced with every day, so it was not only to serve our clients, but it was how do we serve ourselves and how do we challenge ourselves differently.
1: And do you do this every t- every like ten years, or is this like something special for? Yeah.
0: How, how
2: quickly do trends change,
1: yeah.
0: Anthony? Yeah. So so first off, I love that you uh, you already put some pressure on us. We got to do <laughs> it again. I, I love the idea. Right. So you know, so so thank you for that. So this is our this is our first ever, and the oh. expectation is similar to our technology trends and our human capital trends we're going to repeat this every Mm -hmm, year. mm -hmm. Oh, every year. Yeah, yeah. You ask a great question too around how often it changes, right? And so, you know, my experience I had prior to uh, leading the Deloitte digital business, I led our technology strategy business for a few years and I played a material role in the development of our tech trends. Mm. And one of the things that we learned through that experience is the themes remain pretty constant over a number of years, Mm. but What ultimately happens within those themes? So a great example, which, you know, I think we could all align on is purpose has been a dominant part of the conversation for a few years now. So we wouldn't expect something to displace purpose or to displace this idea of trust, Mm -hmm. but we would expect what actually becomes the priority or what are the types of things that, you know, we would potentially be working on or our clients would feel like they need to invest differently in. Mm. So the themes remain constant, but a little bit of the what and the how we expect. So
1: let me unpack a little bit this, even the the word purpose. So when you're talking about purpose, you're talking about the the trend that brands are now asked to have some kind of purpose in addition to just being a a quality indicator or something. Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, you know, we we, we did a uh, 2019 uh, consumer survey, right? We had 4,000 respondents 55% of those respondents said that they believe businesses today Mm -hmm. have a greater responsibility to act on issues tied to purpose. Mm. You add to that our human capital survey, which is thousands of CEOs that we interviewed, Mm -hmm. and the number one issue was social impact. Interesting. Right? So there's this rising sense of kind of call to action. And I look at purpose as, you know, at the end of the day, it's really brands being held accountable for being clear and committed. To what their values are, mm-hmm. it's the soul and identity, and it's the platform which they ultimately build upon, you know, relative to their values. So, so there, there's definitely a build around it.
1: I like the idea that you'll keep the structure of the report somewhat similar, because you expect some of these things to be, you know, to continue, but what it actually means is going to differ year by year, or maybe every five years. So what are the key trends in brand purpose mm. now?
0: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. So um, Barbara, I'm going to kind of give the overarching frame and then I'm going to dive into a little bit around purpose. So it was interesting. You know, I've had the opportunity over the last several weeks to talk about our trends. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, as you look through the 150 page report, seven trends, there's a tremendous amount of data. So I always have a tendency to think of things in the rule of three. So I took our seven trends and I boiled it down to three buckets, which I think translate into. Uh, very closely, the strategic aden- agenda for CMOs. Interesting. The excellent. First is, is really a you would be
1: a great part. professor. Let me just <laughs> <Yes>. say, I <I'm laughs> had to take notes when you speak. Yes, <laughs>
2: you just factor analyze the trends, and yes, now I don't excellent. have to think about seven. I can only think about three buckets. This excellent. is awesome.
0: <laughs> right now would be a good time to play Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well played sir <laughs> so,
0: so, so, yeah so so look I, I take the seven trends and I put it into three buckets the <laughs> first bucket is really around responsibility what does it mean to lead with greater responsibility how do you use your values to commit to a purpose what does it mean for the talent experience you ultimately create mm-hmm. and how do you actually create a talent experience that goes beyond the customers you serve but your employees and your partners the second bucket is really around connection right I mean look Several years ago, um, I picked up Darren Greatly, you know, Brene Brown's book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when I picked it up, I was going through a number of personal experiences in my life, and I probably picked it up more as a, as a soul-searching exercise, not thinking that it was going to ultimately guide what I believe to be an important business imperative. And in that book, Brene defines connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, valued, and heard. At the end of the day, you know, the most important dominant theme coming out of this entire trends report is the preservation and cultivation of human connection. And when we think about connection and you start to decompose it, it really talks about trust. It talks about how you kind of bring people along on that journey of participation. So connection is really probably the most important second bucket. Mm -hmm. The third bucket is really on growth. How do you create new, bold pathways to growth? If we think about CMOs, you know, for the last several years, Uh, growth has been an important part of the agenda, but the real kind of focus of CMOs was around brand and advertising, and then obviously with access to data kind of driving some of the customer experience. But CMOs are really being charged with the growth agenda at this point. So what is it that CMOs need to do differently? So responsibility, connection, and then growth are really the three pillars. Mm
1: -hmm. So let's go into the last one first, just because why not and so what are you seeing as growth so like that is interesting because in the old days I would say growth came from new products and new markets and now one of our colleagues goes on tour all over the place talking about growth through customer (laughs) lifetime value and building customer relationships where do you come out on all this growth stuff
0: yeah it's it's actually a great question so there's two pieces that we actually decompose relative to growth Uh, a trend that we call fusion and then obviously kind of agility marketing agility you know, it's, it's interesting. So I think we would probably broaden the idea of growth beyond kind of customer lifetime value. And this idea of fusion is that with the access to technology and talent and all the breaking down of traditional boundaries, it's reshaping markets, partnerships and the impacts brands can make. So what it basically says is, you know, I think about the professional services business and we absolutely have strategic partnerships Uh, in the marketplace, with a number of what we call our alliance partners, uh, big players in the market that we go to market with, that we co-create with. The question ultimately becomes, not only is it about customer lifetime value, but brands and companies have the opportunity to bring new partners to the table to help them reshape the future of Mm -hmm. their business. I like that. What does it mean to invite more people in and kind of bypass the assumption that, you know, everything happens within the four walls. So it's really about this new idea of fusion, which is the breaking down of boundaries.
1: Okay. And now let me just reintroduce you. We're listening to Business Radio on Sirius XM 132. This is Marketing Matters. And our guest today is Anthony Stefan, who is from Deloitte, and he's talking about his 2020 Global Marketing Trends Report. Just told us a little bit about the Mm -hmm. bucket of growth. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm very interested in the bucket. Now, can I jump in? I'm sorry. I I want to set this up the bucket of
2: connection. I wanted to jump in on that.
1: I knew that, and I was going (laughs) to say America's read the brand identity theorist, must have something to do do with connection. I do. I'm
2: super. Thanks, Barbara, for that uh, wonderful uh, sort of uh, T ball, uh, you know, setting me up there. Exactly. Great. I appreciate you. Uh, Anthony, quick question here because the notion of purpose and, and this idea of the energy seen, uh, valued, and heard, I love that idea. But I wonder to, what are your thoughts on this world of, as you pull in a set of consumers, let's say, imagine you're, you're Dick Sporting Goods, right? Got and you're going yep. to get rid of guns, or you're Chick fil A, and maybe you have pro Christian values. Uh, th- this idea that, especially right now in politics, the notion of tribes and that. You know, if someone disagrees with you on on these values, it's somehow they're evil people. And so are marketers having to choose? Well, two questions. One is, should a marketing uh, firm choose to play in this space? And it sounds like your trend is saying they should. And if that's the case, how do they reconcile the notion that I'm going to irritate some group of consumers by putting my values out there uh, that may allow me to get to this deeper connection with some other group of consumers? How do you navigate that dilemma?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, America, it, it is it is absolutely a dilemma. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a simple answer and then we can kind of dissect it a little bit. I mean, look, we all have a set of life experiences, our experiences translate into beliefs. Our beliefs are our values. For me, um, I believe that uh, a company needs to be clear on the values that they stand for and they need to be consistent in the way they engage with their consumers, they engage with society, and they impact their community. Um, is it likely that there's always going to be some form of dissent? Uh, yes, um, my, my perspective is um, everything we give energy to, we give life to. We've gotta stay consistent with our values. We've got to stay in our lane. And the things that we do, the products, the services, how we engage, all has to be consistent. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be able to take on the dissenters, I think, Mm -hmm. if we put more of our energy towards that. So for me, it's the clarity and the consistency by which companies engage Mm -hmm. that matters more than anything else.
2: Interesting. But you're saying that you you have to make a choice and you have to for better or for worse, you have to live with those values and let that be sort of your North Star in the sure. in the notion of pursuing but the But some purpose.
1: values can be more or less controversial. Right? So yeah, I mean, so but you it's always out, this question, yeah, yeah right? You it's you like, what if it has nothing to do, to do
2: with my business? I'm Chick-fil-A. I have, you know, gay marriage has nothing to do with making good chicken. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, and, and,
1: I mean, in his case, it's, you know, something at his core. Same thing with Ed Stack at Dick's. Mm-hmm. You know, he's now written a book and he goes on a speaking tour because he feels so strongly about these gun issues. Now, both of them relate a little to their business because they had to make business decisions. Mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, Ed right. Stack doesn't sell guns. Right. But uh, would you recommend that if you didn't have to take a controversial yeah. stage? Maybe you shouldn't.
0: <laughs> you know, look, it's, it's, it's hard for me to make a recommendation because I don't necessarily have the ability to dissect every company's values or what they stand for. So it's, it's difficult to make a broad statement that says don't take on controversial issues. You know, one of the things that I'm most proud of at the firm right now is our new CEO, Dan Helfrich, has defined a set of North Stars, and one of the North Stars about the sense of responsibility. We recognize as a global leader that there are things that we are going to have to take a stand on, and we're working through what those things are. Do I believe that businesses, that brands and companies need to take stands on things that are consistent with their values, yes. Could I advise how often or what things? I think it's really based on circumstance.
2: Mm, interesting.
1: Yeah, and where I, you are, what place? yep. Yeah, you
2: know, absolutely. I mean, I think it's also interesting component about this, Anthony, is the idea that you know this important question of purpose, right? Because what's the data say on at fifty five percent say this matters. But at the end of the day, you know, are you really going to choose something? Because part of it is like, am I going to con- inconvenience myself, right? If I really like the Chick-fil-A chicken, but I feel like I don't like the value system that is somehow being signaled to me somehow, this question of am I really going to go somewhere else? I mean, what does the data say on the actual, you know, what those numbers might look like in terms of real, real world marketplace uh, impact? Is there anything, anything you can comment on there?
0: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. So um, it was several months ago we did a piece of research um, and a piece of, like, we were really trying to figure out uh, the emotional kind of driven components of what drives people to brands. And it's interesting. Fifty-eight percent of the respondents used emotional language to describe their connection with their favorite brands. Words like love, Mm -hmm. adore, Happy. So that to me would indicate that if there's love and there's happiness and there's adornment, that that is a byproduct of feeling deeply committed to a brand or company that has a consistent set of values. You could speculate as a result of that, that if people felt there was a behavior or something that was inconsistent with their values, that the switching costs or the percentage of people that would switch brands mm. would be relatively high.
2: Mm, interesting.
1: So in this, one of the reports, one of the aspects of the report I saw is this notion of experience um, and the, the, the conflict between digital and technology mm. and human experience. Mm-hmm. What can, is that one of the things that came up in this trend study? And what can you say about that?
0: Yeah, no, look, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic piece of evidence, right? So I spent uh, the last 25 years uh, largely driving, you know, large, complex tech transformations. I sat in the boardroom, and I witnessed firsthand during those implementations, you know, falling off track, and you sit with a group of people who make decisions uh, to shift scope and budget largely driven by speed to market, right, really mm-hmm. over kind of this idea of value and experience. And what this ultimately does is it creates technical debt. But we believe these decisions add to a buildup of unintended human consequences, which we call experience debt. So the call to action, really, quite frankly, for, you know, brands and companies is, as you take on these really big, large, complex technology transformations, whether it's been by cloud or AI or whatever the driving force is relative to the industry or the sector, how do you get to a point where you no longer compromise the experience aspect of what you're delivering? Interesting.
1: And, and how, how do you do that?
0: <laughs> no, look, I, so I, I could tell you that I, I think one of the most differentiating parts of, you know, what we've really focused our energy on, you know, over the last five years is elevating the importance of creativity and design, you know, coupled with, you know, digital platforms. And over the last five years, we've made a number of conscious investments in the marketplace to couple these things together. So we have a really exciting part of our business, which focuses on behavioral science and human-centered design. And traditionally, you fast, you know, rewind five or six years ago, and the buying patterns in the marketplace would be you know, companies taking on large technology implementations you know, driven by uh, packaged companies. Over the last five years, we really started to differentiate ourselves, as have others, right? We are not the only ones in the marketplace doing it. But the conversation starting with the experience that we're most in search of and how do we actually create a design and then use that overarching design as the governing principle on what we ultimately implement and not really allowing any of that to be compromised, I think that's the differentiating factor.
1: You know, Anthony, thank you so much for being with us tonight.
0: I really appreciate it. Yeah, we thank really you thank. Thanks much. a lot, Anthony. Really appreciate it. And if you want it.
1: to learn more about Anthony, follow him on Twitter at Anthony Stefan.
0: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.